Do you feel frustrated with how slow things are going with your debt-free plan? Maybe you have credit cards, and it seems like you're barely making that dent on them. Today, we'll go over ways the two of you can have more wins with your money and knock out your debts. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Nothing is more demotivating than putting a lot of effort into something and not seeing any real results. For many families, debt, especially credit cards, can be stressful. Judging by some reports, it's also a big financial issue. Bankrate recently surveyed thousands of Americans, and they found that the balance of 42% of American adults with credit card debt have increased since the pandemic started. One huge hurdle is how high the interest rates tend to be with credit cards. Now, if you have an excellent credit score, the average is around 13%. While those who have fair credit scores they're looking at just under 23%. It's almost like being in quicksand unless you're making some significant payments. This is why I'm happy to share from the archive my chat with Chris Browning. He's the creator and host of Popcorn Finance. He and his wife Kay had to work together to pay off their debts. In this episode, we get into how they got into debt because of their wedding, the system they used to budget and knock out their debts, and then I'll share a few of my favorite books that can help you knock out your debt faster this year. Are you ready? Let's get started. Do you mind sharing your story? Because I think a lot of people that add into personal finance, if they're not advisors or coaches or whatever, they start off from a personal space of they had to fix something with their finances. Was that the case with you? Yeah, you know, for me, it was kind of a combination of things because um, I did go to school for mm-hmm. personal finance. I, I originally was planning on being a financial advisor and found out I didn't really care for the <laughs> for the jobs that I was interviewing for, a lot of sales jobs. So I have a little background in finance, but for me, it really was getting into a ton of debt that really made me kind of focus and change things around for myself because when my wife got married, we had to cover everything ourselves. At that point, we didn't have any debt, but because we didn't really have much in savings and um, even though we tried to make the wedding as like, you know, I guess inexpensive as possible, we ended up, I think, paying like around $14,000 for the wedding. Okay. And it ended up all going on credit cards because we didn't have any cash. Ah. And that's kind of where the debt spiral kind of started. You get in that cycle of, okay, well, I need to make my payments, but then we didn't have anything saved. So it kind of just kept perpetuating the the growth of our debt every year. Things would come up like school expenses, doctor's visits, emergency room stuff. And next thing we know, it was like $27,000 in debt. That was kind of like the, the turning point, point for me for sure, where I was like, I got to do something about this. I got to get serious. I think a lot of people can relate getting into debt, especially with weddings. I mean, at least it's cheaper than the average. I heard that's like 35,000. <laughs> I'm kind of curious with your wedding. I know there's so many things that are special about it, but is there one expense you're like, 
we knew that we had to have this in our wedding because that was important. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was the one who was like, do we have to buy this? Is this is this part <laughs> necessary? But I would say for sure it was, I think it was the venue we ended up going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really nice, nice church in Dana Point, California. It's kind of like like coastal, like southern coastal part of California. Okay. It wasn't extremely expensive. I mean, I don't know what expensive is for for a church. I think we've ended up paying like, I think $1,200. Okay. That's a lot of money, but I don't know if that's expensive or not. Uh, But it was a really beautiful location. It was like up on a hill. You can see the ocean from there. So that was was a really nice spot. With weddings, there's so many different ways you can go. I know my husband was concerned about food. Like that was his thing. Make sure we have like good food options. You said you you realized like at a certain point something had to change. Was that something maybe you started, your wife, or were you both kind of feeling that at the same time? You know, I would say because we've even talked about it before, and I think mm-hmm. I was like the most stressed out about it. I think because I did have a background in finance, I knew what I should mm-hmm. be doing. It just it's one of those things like you know you shouldn't be doing these things, but you're doing them anyways. Yeah, and you kind of beat yourself up about it. And it was just getting really stressful. Like I would just think about it all the time. The fact that, you know, we had these debt payments and they weren't shrinking because we weren't making any progress. We were you know, still using credit cards and um, still trying to pay it off at the same time, which isn't an effective yeah. <laughs> strategy <laughs> at all. So did you decide to do like either a debt snowball or an avalanche? How did that go for you guys? We had our debt spread out over, I think it was about three credit cards. Mm-hmm. And I went with the snowball method. So I think that's, wait, think of the right one? That's where you pay out the lower balances first? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, so I started with that method to pay off like the smaller ones. That way, um, the minimum payment from that could move over to the bigger cards. And I was actually doing this thing where, I don't know where I heard about this, but because we had some higher interest cards, I look around for like the longest like zero interest promos. Mm-hmm. On the credit cards, I would sign up for those and then do a balance transfer. I would say, well, a three or five percent fee to transfer it is better than the twenty percent interest I would pay if I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a way that I used to try to avoid some of the interest charges and keep keep things afloat as we got the debt down to a smaller, more manageable amount. That makes sense. So are you I'm assuming, but I don't want to. When you handle your finances, are you the one that comes out with the how to part of the plan when you guys talk about it? Or do you and your wife go back and forth like she handles some of the bills and you handle others? How do you guys manage your money together? I think maybe because I just came into the relationship with more of a budget background mm-hmm. that I'm I kind of the one I'm the one who takes charge with it at least. So mm-hmm. you know, I, have a, I have an Excel spreadsheet where I put our budget together and then I'm the one who kind of puts all the data into the apps that we use and then we meet up and discuss it that way. So she's more hands off on the planning side, but you know, I'll get her input and say, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And then she'll say, uh, yes, it's a good idea. Or maybe she has some other ideas she has in mind. So I'm like more hands-on, but then she provides some of the ideas and the, the feedback on what I'm talking about. Yeah. Every couple has their own method to the madness, I call it. Do you guys do monthly check-ins or do you do it like maybe paycheck or weekly? We both get paid uh, bi-weekly. So okay. we, we budge on a, a two-week basis. So we lay everything out for the two weeks. And it's relatively, I guess i say consistent we kind of have similar bills. I think for like one paycheck of the month, we have a certain set of items we pay. And then the next paycheck, it's another set or for like bigger items, like our rent, we'll like split it between the two. So we try to keep it fairly consistent, but I've been working on looking at it, I guess, on a month to month basis to see if there's anything coming up. Cause I've talked to a few people and that's kind of what they do. They'll look at their month and they'll say, okay, we have 
a birthday coming up this month or we have uh, this event we're going to go to and they plan that way, which I'm like, that's a good idea instead of having a static budget. Yeah, we kind of do that with our budget because it seems like I'd say 85% of our bills are the same. But then there is like next month. So we have some trip expenses. You know, we're going to be eating out while we're there, seeing some family and so forth. We're cutting back this month to make sure there's a little buffer in there and adjusting as it goes. But I'm always curious how other people do it. I know when we first started, it kind of felt crazy to think we would ever be debt free. We paid off $35,000 of debt, but it really is like, small habits that make all the difference where there's certain habits that you know it's like oh when we started doing this things got easier or we made real progress any any habits that stood out to you oh yeah for sure it was eating out that was like the biggest thing <laughs> for us that's, that's like all, all our money was going to food basically like when i looked at the budget and saw how much i'm not embarrassed i'll say i think like a couple of months i saw we spent like over a thousand dollars on food and I was like, how is that even possible? I was like, I don't feel like I ate $1,000 worth of food. I didn't eat like a fancy meal. I don't, I don't know what happened, but I think it was just like, you just go out to eat for lunch every day. You're not really thinking, mm-hmm. about, you know, seven, $8 here and there, or you're like, oh, you know, let's go out to, to eat on the weekends. And the next thing you know, you look back and you're just like in shock that, that you can spend that much money on food. It doesn't even seem possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I think every couple I've spoken to, including ourselves, like that is one of those huge kind of money leaks because it it takes you by surprise. It really does. I was like, we're almost spending as much as we spend in rent on (laughs) food. That doesn't seem like that's right. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. One of the things I like about you, Chris, you have a podcast, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. Awesome job. But what I like about this, it might be selfish of me, (laughs) that your podcast over at popcorn finance it is short but you still get a lot of information in and i'm kind of curious because we all kind of come from a personal space when we design our shows why did you go with popcorn finance this this whole concept you know i i love listening to podcasts i've always had a really long commute Mm -hmm. i've been listening to them for for years now and i wanted to make one i knew i knew that for sure I was looking for like something short form. Like I was looking for a short form podcast and there's, there's not a ton of them. Most podcasts are, you know, at least over 35, 40 minutes. Most are pushing an hour and I wanted something that was short. And so that's kind of what led me to creating the the podcast in the short format. And so uh, when I figured out that I wanted to do something short, I was like, okay, well, you know, what's, what's my thing? Like what's going to be the, the idea around it or the name. I just sat around brainstorming for a while and I don't know how I came across the idea for popcorn, uh, <laughs> but it just somehow it's probably just sitting there writing things down. I was like, Oh, you know, popcorn is really quick to make. It's short and you can put it in the microwave. So there's like a timer. So it's easy to kind of see it counting down. So I was like, well, maybe that'll use that as my, my timer straight is, you know, popcorn. And, it, and it's kind of evolved from there. Sometimes I go longer than, you know, the time it takes to make popcorn. I tell people, you know, it's, you know, maybe we're going to make a couple of bags. Or <laughs> something <laughs> like but yeah, that's the whole the premise and thought behind uh, how I came up with the show. This question is going to be hard because okay. as a creator, I understand, but is there a certain episode if someone's like, hey, I'm going to check out Chris's show over at Popcorn Finance, which episode or episodes would you say are good reflections of what the heart of your show is? Ooh, that is a that is a really good question. That is a <laughs> tough one. You know, the one I would say, because I've been I've been trying to do more like, I guess, like series or episodes are kind of grouped together that share something in common. Yeah. Um, I did the series. It's called the, the 2018 Listener Goals series. 
And there I've had people um, call in and give me their financial goals and put them all together. I made a special intro for using everyone's calls. And I really like that series because one, it's, it's, it sticks with the short popcorn theme. So I was proud of myself that actually, you know, I'm yeah. keeping, keeping them short. I really like that I included a lot of listeners in it. And um, I did something different. I used a lot of uh, background music and edited it a little bit different than my normal episode. So I was really proud of those. And I really enjoy um, that series because it's, you know, it's nice to have, you know, the people who are listening to the show also involved in it as well. And I really, I really enjoy those when I go back and listen to them. You have a great show and it's just fun. I think, yes, finances, to a certain degree, they're important, but really their importance comes from how can it help me have a better life? How can I take care of my family? How can I help my friends and so forth, you know? And I think you capture that really well, even though you're very financially knowledgeable I don't feel like you're weighing it down with jargon or diving into the weeds with spreadsheets and everything. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That was one of my goals was to make it easy to understand because I know how intimidating it is when people throw out like really big terms. I mean, and it's good to know those things. There's nothing wrong with understanding those things, but it can kind of turn people off when, you know, someone throws out something crazy and you're like, I don't even want to know <laughs> what that is. So that was always my goal to kind of keep things simple. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways. Actually, I want to do something a bit different today. I want to share a few books that I think will be really helpful because they not only go through the process of how to pay off your debt with the numbers, but they also discuss the behaviors and habits behind them so that you can change those and break out of the debt cycle. The first one is a classic in the debt-free space. It's The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. What he's best known for is paying off your debt using the debt snowball. The debt snowball, as Chris had mentioned, is where you are going one at a time through your debts and paying it off based on the balance, not the interest rate. While that seems like that wouldn't be effective because of the numbers, for many, they find it's the perfect solution because it gives them some wins up front, which then motivates them to continue on the plan till they knock out their debts. The second one I want to recommend is by my friend Jim Henpel with Her Money Matters. I've had Jen on the podcast, and in case you're not familiar with her, she's an accredited financial counselor who specializes in money mindsets. When you're talking about marriage, it's the two of you coming with your own ways of dealing with money. It can be hard to sort out how to create a plan that you're both happy with. I thought Jen did a fantastic job with her book. On that note, I want to recommend Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money 
Yep, I'm including the book I wrote on the list because when I wrote this specifically for married couples who want to work together but have different approaches to finances, have more productive conversations, and find a financial path that makes the most sense for your situation and your goals. While some books might have what to say to your spouse as a piece of the book, this is built on having those icebreaker conversations, walks you through paying off debt, and if you're interested in financial independence, getting you started with those first steps. Finally, I want to recommend I Will Teach You to Be Rich, which, yes, I know it sounds like a scam, but this book from Meet Sadie has some fantastic advice on how to get out of debt. Again, we're focused not just on the numbers, but the psychology of it. He does a great job of showing how automating your finances can make things a lot easier so you can focus on the big picture. If any of these titles sound interesting, you can pick these up at your local bookstore, retailers like Amazon, Walmart, but there's another great resource in your community, your local library. If you're at the beginning of your debt-free journey, this can be a fantastic option for you because you can grab all of these books, try them out, and find one that just clicks for you. Personal finance is just that, personal. You may find that some authors are a better fit for you. And if your local library doesn't currently have any of these books, you can always request it. It's a win for you, the author, and your community. As always, all of these resources that we've covered in this episode, as well as a link to Chris's wonderful podcast, will be over in the show notes at Couple Money. However, if it's easier for you, join our community. I can send this over to you every week. I give you the latest highlights from our podcasts, videos, and articles. All you have to do is sign up at couplemoney.com slash listen. It's completely free. and you can always reach out to me with your money questions. I'd love for you to join us. Thank you so much for listening. As we wind down January in our month of debt-free stories, I want to hear from you. We're going to be doing a Q&A episode, and I want to include you in it. Just send in your marriage and money questions in. I have a form over at couplemoney.com slash mailbag. I want this podcast to give you the tools you need to have some big wins this year. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.